Hi, everyone. Welcome to Real Life with Pamela Lau. I invited Drake Dawson on our show today so that you could hear a young man's perspective uh, on sexuality and why he has made the decisions that he has made in his life as a follower of Jesus. So as a professional mediator, it's my highest hope to bring you differing perspectives on this topic, and I especially want you as my beloved listeners to hear the differing perspectives of Christians. My goal is not to persuade my listeners to one view or another. Rather, my passion is for all people to believe in King Jesus and become passionate followers of his gospel. So I I trust and pray that as we're listening, we are giving honor to um, what we hear. So I do have to say before we move to our show that as with any podcast, please, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it highly if you feel led to do so, share it with your friends and help me to make my goal of reaching um, as many subscribers as possible by the end of the year. So let's get started. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Real Life with Pamela Lau. Um, I have today a special guest whose name is Drake Dawson. And Drake, actually, I met at George Fox University right when he started to become a senior at the school. And I had the privilege of having him as a student for half a semester. <laughs> so, Drake, before I talk any more about you and, and talk about how much I like you and how much I respect you. Why don't you uh, give us a little bit of an introduction about what's happened to you in the last six months? <laughs> yeah. So in the last six months, um, a couple big milestones, obviously graduation. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing. And with the coronavirus going on, that was kind of an odd ordeal transitioning away from school. Um, I think for me, that's especially a big deal because uh, I grew up living on college campuses. And so this is like the first time in my life that I'm away from college. And so that's oh, interesting. A, that's so for a, my listeners benefit, you, you graduated as a senior at college from George Fox university, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and what was your I, major Drake? My major was mechanical engineering with a minor in mathematics. And so that's what I studied. Um, and then since then, um, I've moved up to Bremerton, Washington to start work for the Department of Energy and the Navy in a kind of joint position uh, doing nuclear engineering. And so that's what I'm doing. Wow. So you are definitely away from the college campus, right? And I can, I remember Drake having a conversation with you way back, I don't know, in November when we did a game night or something and you talked about how you love to build community. Yes. So how do you think you might do that? How will you bring that college campus feel to where you are now? Well, that's that's something I've been thinking about a lot, especially because it's hard to like be hospitable right now. That's a <gasps> that's thing. true. Um, so normally my answer would be just like um, inviting people into my home. I really enjoy cooking, and that's a good way that I can uh, care for people and be hospitable. Um, just inviting people over for food and entertainment, but. Um, I think because of the circumstance right now, it's, it's not any different. It's just going to require extra effort. Um, getting, getting plugged into a church community is going to be one of the things that I'm looking yeah. forward to most. And that's going to be a challenge, huh? Yeah. Um, 
but just putting some extra time into that to make sure that that's a priority. And then obviously uh, being, I'm working on a military base that's got 15,000 people on it. Most of wow. them are, most of them are young people like ages 18 to 26. So there's a lot of people my age in town. And I'm uh, sure you're going to find many who share your faith system and those who don't, and it doesn't matter. You're going to build community with them, huh? Yeah. And maybe that's like little rec basketball leagues or just like after work events. But I think uh, participating in those things, even if the people are different than I am, is going to be a great way to to start building community. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Well, good for you. You have a great attitude already. So I'll, I'm excited for you in that. So, But Drake, I invited you on here today to talk about a subject that's difficult and to talk about a subject that my listeners tell me there's not enough discussion that's honest about uh, the whole issue of sexuality. And I know that that's a large umbrella. Um, but in that, um, under that umbrella, I wanted to invite you as a, as a young man, as a man who I know is committed in your faith, um, but also as someone who has had dating relationships. Um, I'd like you to talk maybe just a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, um, about your life as a high school guy and into your college years. Like, what was your perspective of, of your relationship with women? Yeah. Um, it's a great question and it's very open-ended. Um, I would start by saying like, I think my approach because I have wonderful women in my life, like my mom and my sister and my grandma, and they're really close to me. Um, that's trained me to just like think of women with the utmost respect and of, um, as a people group that's equal to men. And like, that's been something important championing that to me. Um, and like figuring out how to honor women as friends, um, was a really challenging thing in high school and college. And so that's something that I've been learning still now. Um, but in high school, I didn't particularly think of dating much just because I knew I was going to go away to college. Um, and so from my perspective, um, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but like dating is a platform that is used to figure out if someone's right to marry. And so that's the perspective that I have. Okay. Um, so I would never like date just for fun. Um, and I don't, I don't think that that's a bad thing necessarily, but I just know that I'm a kind of tender human. And so mm -hmm. that would be really tough for me. Um, and I also don't know how respectful that is to the young women I'd be in relationship with. So because I, of that, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, because of that, because of that, I just, in high school, I chose not to date. Okay. So uh, this is great. Cause I, I, if I were a teenager listening right now or someone in my early twenties or even my mid twenties, and I'm thinking, you know, I'd really like to date some more. Okay. Sure. I heard you just say that you were someone who honored women, honored, you learned how to honor girls Tell the young women who are listening here, what are some of the ways that young girls or women act that makes you not want to pursue them? I think it's, I know that's a tough question, Drake, but I yeah. think that we need to talk about that for just a minute before we go further. 
that's a great question. Um, I think it's, it's easy for me to think of instead of things that like are unattractive, maybe flipping it a little bit and saying like, what are things that are? Okay. Attractive? That's great. That's great. Let's um, do that. I think, uh, young women who are really independent and who are strong and capable on their own, like that's very attractive to me. Um, and so I think a lot of women, and I don't, I don't want to like speak for the whole population, but I think a lot of young women feel uh, pressure at times to be like coy or not to live into their full potential because uh, that feels like a vulnerable thing. And I think often it is a vulnerable thing. Um, but I just want to be a voice that encourages young women, like live as capable as you can and like be strong, live into your gifts, um, speak your mind. You're allowed to be smart and, um, and strong. And so I think those are things that are attractive to me. Did you see the, did you see something like that on campus? Did you see women lean into that or did you see women stay stray away from that? Um, on campus in high school or in college? In college. Let's think of college. In college, I think in college, it's a big melting pot. And so um, I think as in in high school, I didn't see nearly as much of that. And I think I lived in in Texas for a good bit of high school. And I think that's part of the culture in where I lived is. Um, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to bash that culture, but I think that was just a cultural difference there. Define college, what you mean. What did you see? Uh, I saw a lot of women who just didn't really have a voice. Okay. okay. When I was living there. And I love that, really that you're bad. saying this. I love that you're saying, be strong, speak up, walk in the calling God's given you. And be smart and be funny and be outspoken. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's great. Like do fun things, you know? Um, you're allowed to have an opinion. Like those are all things that I think are really important to say. Um, and then in college, I think a lot of everybody's just like trying to figure out their identity in college. Mm -hmm. So I think it's hard to define what that looked like early on, but as time went on, like as I got closer to my senior year, I think I saw more young women like coming into their own and really figuring out who they are and being able to walk in that. So I think that definitely just comes with maturity and, uh, you have to have a comfortable environment to do that because it can be pretty vulnerable. But I think the longer I was in college, the more I saw that. That's awesome. I yeah. I think that's a, a very encouraging word for people who are listening to our conversation right now because there's some confusion that lies around the idea of building a relationship with a person. Um, they think, do I need to become something? And you, and really what you're saying is what's most attractive is be your full self that God's called you to and don't hold back. Exactly. And, it, and if you're able to see someone's full self and that's attractive to you, then maybe that's time to start talking about a relationship. But it makes it a lot harder when it takes a long time to unpack that. Um, and you don't really know for a long time. So. Yeah, that's good. That's great. And as, and as I, as you know, I taught on campus for many years. Um, mm -hmm. And I've noticed a trend where in the college classroom, people are being much more cautious about speaking up in that kind of setting. So sure. would you, would you say that there was like a, a culture of, of dating where people were, could have kind of more of that place to be more themselves, more honest. Uh, where did that happen? Where did those, where did those conversations take place? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I maybe I'm not hip enough. Like I'm not with the time. <laughs> don't say that. But it's hard for me to identify that. Honestly, I think there's a lot of. Um, I think what you're recognizing may be part of the trend to like move a lot of relational things online. So That's I think a lot of that might be moving from like in-person conversations to like now it occurs on social media or through dating apps or through um, just like texting and direct messaging and that kind of thing, um, which is not innately bad, but it's definitely more private. And so I think that's. Oh, that's, that's a really good, that's actually brilliant. And did you follow that trend as well? No. Um, I think we've had discussions about that, but I, I have a hard time with technology in general. <laughs> I'm kind of old school, Okay. Um, but I don't have any social media um, and choose that for, for a lot of reasons. Um, one of which is I just don't think that I think social media is a difficult place for young men to navigate uh, without interacting with like pornography or without being tempted to be in a relationship that's just based on appearance. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it is a tool and a tool that can be used well. Um, but it's a tool that requires a lot of mental effort to use well. And so I'm just not willing to dishonor women by like participating in that culture. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I'm committed enough to use it uh, appropriately. So I just choose not to use it at all. Okay. Well, let's get back to that in just a second, because I do sure. want to ask you about some of the ways you've made commitments that I've heard you talk about before, but let's go back just a second. And this is a great uh, lead in into what I really want to get to the heart of our discussion today. Um, you mentioned pornography, um, so which to me falls under the umbrella of sexuality. But I want to bring in a scripture for just a moment. Sure, um, and it's and it's the scripture from Romans chapter one. And I was I was listening to it the other day. Okay, because I like to sometimes instead of just read the scriptures, I like to listen to them. I, I feel like yeah. I process them differently when it's like that. But Romans one has this fascinating verse. I, I don't know if you are familiar, but I just want to read it just for a second, Drake. And it talks about how it, it talks about God's invisible qualities and how creation, you know, is, is shows us God's invisible qualities that everyone can understand him and should be able to, there's no excuse. And then in uh, chapter one in verse 21, it talks about how Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And they claimed to be wise, and, but they were fools and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. But here's the part that I want to ask you about. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. And of course, the famous verses after that start talking about homosexuality. But I, I want to know what is this, when you hear a scripture like that, what do you think in terms of this topic of sexuality that says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie? What is the lie? 
It's a great question. And you can go in any direction you want on that, but particularly when it comes to sexuality, relationships, marriage, men and women. I'm just taking some space to think. That's all right. I appreciate that. And I welcome that actually, Drake. I think maybe the root lie is that a person can satisfy you instead of God. Mm. Um, and then that can stem into all sorts of other things. Like, um, I think that can stem into like, uh, that a person can fill your emotional needs or your physical needs. Um, or even like your monetary needs. But I think that like at the root of it, God is all that we've got, you know? He's like totally in control. He's got us in his hands. He's got a big, good plan. And I think that there are lots of different things that we can. I like to use the word like we're an apprentice. Everybody's an apprentice to something. And I think we can trade in our apprenticeship to this guy named Jesus for a whole lot of other things. And I think sexuality is a really common one that we can trade in for. Um, just another like kind of side comment that comes to mind that might be helpful for, for listeners. I like that passage. I'm, I wasn't so familiar with that one. Um, but the one thing it reminds me of is, um, when Moses is taking his, the, the Israelites to the promised land after they've been Mm -hmm. taken out of Egypt, Mm -hmm. they get to the promised land and they send like 12, they sometimes call them like scouts or spies one from each tribe to go scout out the promised land and 10 of them come back and they say, those people are huge. Their cities are too well defended. There's no way we can make it. Right. Right. And then Joshua and his buddy come back and they're like, it's going to be tough. We're not saying it's not going to be tough, (laughs) right? but we can definitely do it because we've got God on our side. And I think that's an image that I talk to young men about when it comes to sexuality, because The interesting thing is, is God says, okay, if you don't want to go capture the promised land and live there, I'll give you exactly what you asked for. And so we have to be careful sometimes about like what we're praying for or the lie that we're trading in for in the terminology. Yeah. So what is the lie that, that can, that, what is the lie in the story of of Joshua and Caleb when they came back? What was the lie? The, The lie was that they, even with God's strength, they couldn't. Yeah. Enter the promised land. Yeah. And so I think if we're like going to analogously talk about sexuality, like Mm -hmm. the promised land is like living a life where we uh, have sex inside of marriage. And like, that's our one place that we do that. And it brings us emotionally and physically closer to a person and helps us better understand the love that God has for us and how to care for others better. So I think that's the promised land. But sometimes we ask for something else and God's like, okay, I'll let you just like in Romans, like yeah, I'll give you over to it. I'll give you over to it. Yeah. He gives us exactly what we ask yeah. for, which like really hurts us in the long run. But you know, as well as I do, maybe, I don't know. I remember actually asking you, well, Drake, what do you think about all this upheaval that's happening around the, the university, not just Fox, but across the nation, across the world on the topic of sexuality? And I remember you saying, you know, I don't, I don't hear a lot about that. But that's a, that's a huge part of the conversation right now for people who are 
Christians of, of what is God saying? Do you believe that God has guidelines on this? My, I think God designed us a certain way. And I think that uh, living outside of that design is not only hurtful to our relationship with the Lord, but like, uh, let's, a lot of times I don't like hitting people over the head with the Bible and, and quoting verses as much as I like just saying like, let's say, what if we removed God from the whole question okay and we said what's just best for drake i know drake well enough to say that if i was not living in the way that god designed sexuality that that would be really hard and hurtful for me Hmm. so even if god wasn't in the picture this is the way that i want to live and so i think what happens is we put God in that picture. And then a lot of times people either say, I'm going to side with God because that's what I'm told to do. Okay. And they don't think about what's actually physiologically best for them, like what their brains and their hearts and their bodies were designed for. Or they say, okay, now God's in the picture. I want the exact opposite of whatever God's given us. Because <laughs> that's just their that's just their nature. <laughs> that's and so I think I think those are the two responses. Is it's just blind devotion where people don't even ask, like, what am I what am I as a human being designed for? Or they're saying blind rebellion where they're just like, whatever God says, I'm gonna do the opposite. Hmm. I'm gonna run away from Nineveh, you know. Hmm. And so I think those are kind of the two responses that I see pretty commonly. And I, I would, I, I also hear you saying that I, I don't know if I, if, if maybe I'm wrong in this, but that the, that to push that design away is, is the lie that says I can figure out what's best for me. I can figure I, there is, you know, let's, if you, but if you put God back in the picture, you're saying that I can figure out what's best for me, but maybe people with the new, with being online all the time now, maybe we're not as deep about those thoughts. I mean, you're talking about that you recognize your sensitivities, your tenderness, your, your feelings, uh, what, what motivates you and, and what makes you feel loved and, and, and what makes you know where you belong. Sure. But aren't the rest of the, People who are in their teens and 20s and 30s, aren't they the same way? I'd hope so. And I don't want to judge whether or not that what they feel and what they are experiencing is authentic or not. I don't want to, I don't want to put judgment on that. Sure. Um, But I do think that this is a controversial topic because there's a lot of, different opinions and there's a lot of hurting people. Absolutely. And what I found is that the people who are living in the way of the Lord are not the hurting people. What do you mean? I think, I think people who are choosing to live in a form of who are, or who are choosing like abstinence or choosing chastity and choosing these things that are like what I would call biblical principles. Okay. 
I think those are pretty ancient things. I don't think that's new. That's right. I, I agree. I think people have been struggling with this since humans were created. Um, we go way back to Genesis and like, we're like five generations from Adam and Eve and there's already sexual stuff going on, mm-hmm. you know, and it's part of the highlights of the, of the story of Genesis, which is interesting to me. So this is not a new thing. Um, but I think that the people who are well and who are like, I think there's a debate because there are people who are not hurting, who are trying to tell others who are hurting, Hey, this is the way. And the people who are hurting, which in my opinion, I'm not saying I'm correct, are the people who are living in a more worldly view. Okay, let's clarify what you mean by hurting. Because I, because I would argue, just because I, I just want to be really clear as we talk about this. Because yeah, I would argue that I'm in, I'm in a monogamous relationship with my husband, um, 29 years, but I've experienced hurt from other things. That's not what you're meaning. Yeah. So define hurting. I'm specifically trying to talk about like um, people who are not in a monogamous relationship or who are loosely sexual. Okay. Is is like what I would, uh, we can maybe talk about even defining that too, but people who are not waiting for sex inside a marriage with one individual, um, I think those people oftentimes are experiencing a lot of just tumultuous emotions and insecurities and they're unable to see some of their own feelings as well and some of their own tenderness and some of their own desires mm. and that breaks my heart okay trying to get and needs so, met through this exactly and okay. so as someone who's satisfied in my current position okay and who's not experiencing some of those ups and downs. My effort is sometimes to see others who are what, what I was referring to as hurting with those really difficult emotions that are real emotions and say, Hey, I'm not experiencing the same thing. And I think that the reason why is because I'm making these choices to live in a, in a more biblical fashion. And, and I I, that, I've heard that when you are engaged in uh, sexual activity outside of marriage, well, and it, that you're giving yourself away. So is that maybe what you're referring to, that when there's this extracurricular sexual activity, you're constantly giving yourself away to all kinds of people? Is that where the hurt comes from? I think that can be where the hurt comes from. But I think even if you just look at like, someone who's hopping in and out of dating relationships okay. really quickly. Mm-hmm. Let's just like move backwards to that. Okay. Let's go back to like, you're a high schooler and you're just like flirting with every guy or girl who looks pretty in the, in the hall room. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like putting you on a path to say like, Hey, this is a way that I'm um, getting endorphins to my brain to say I'm happy. Okay. And this is a way that I am, training myself to say like I can be satisfied by these other human beings. Mm-hmm. And so I think like for me, uh, Psalm 42 is something I go back to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just talks about like over and over and over again, it just says like, I'm satisfied in you Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love that idea that like we can be satisfied in the Lord. 
and then like sexuality can be a way that we experience that satisfaction in a greater fashion but like it's still that we're satisfied in the lord and that we're experiencing intimacy with another human being Mm -hmm. but we're not satisfied by that human being we're just it's uh like complementary to our relationship with the lord so you're 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 basically making an argument for that the that the god who that is written about in the scripture the one who created us can meet our needs emotional physical mental in ways that often the world pushes away i think that's exactly true yeah yeah and so that actually brings and i appreciate that a lot because i don't i don't i don't often know what that looks like tangibly i know as a young person that that was my experience um often that I had such a, I had to depend on God at a very young age for Mm -hmm. some other reasons, but I remember, no, he met my needs. He met me exactly where I was. And you're giving testimony that that still is true today. Yeah, absolutely. Can you give any examples of, of when, I mean, of any of past relationships you've had or anything where it wasn't the person, but God who, who showed up with mercy for you? Yeah. Um, I think that's a great question. Just talking about like past relationships. I've only been in, I'm in a relationship currently in a dating relationship and that's going really well. And I've only been in one other dating relationship. um, And that was a wonderful experience because my prayer every morning is that I get to love God and love people Mm. Um, among other things. But that's like when you boil it all down, like that's the simplest version of the prayers that we pray. Um, And so like I learned to love God more because I had to figure out what it was like to experience being cared for and to care for someone else. Um, And that person, even though we're not together now and like that's it's, evident that that was the way that it was supposed to be. Um, and we came to a mutual understanding of that. I think that I got to love that other person well mm-hmm. for a long period of time. And so even though it's hard to see that end and like transition away from that, that's an answer to prayer that like I cared for someone well and they cared for me. And so like now we both know how to care for others better and we can both stand tall saying like, Hey, we're proud of the decisions we made in the relationship. Um, we're confident going, we're more confident now going into a new relationship than before. Mm-hmm. Um, because we set firm boundaries and because we, um, had pretty open conversations about how we were feeling and the way things, um, inside the relationship affected our emotional or mental being. So, Wow. So Drake, I'm imagining that maybe some of my young men listeners who are listening are like, wow, Drake, I want to know, you know, what is your secret to having that kind of self-control or discipline? Or how did you come to make that? Like, how did you know that that was, that was the right way for you? Um, I'm wondering, I, I've heard a little bit about some of the recent commitments you've made. Um, 
with the prayer, but I don't know all of it. And I'm wondering if you want to talk about that a little bit. Is that yeah. part of what gives you strength? Uh, yeah, I can, I can definitely say this of like, um, the two things that I would attribute my experience and like, if you want to call it my understanding of sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to claim to be some like ultra wise person, but I think, I think that I'm satisfied. And I think that that's something rare right now. Mm. Um, so I will say that. Um, but I think the two things I can attribute that to most are having older men in my life who mm. care about me deeply, but also I can ask intense questions to my dad being one of them. That's, that's a huge gift and something. What I'm kind of questions do you ask them? Um, I ask them about advice for relationships. Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, another mentor who I can ask questions about sexual things and just say like, Hey, I don't know how this works or like why this happens the way it does. Mm-hmm. And like, I just need some help understanding that. Okay. And so rather, rather than going to Google or like <laughs> yeah. going to, uh, I don't know, some, I don't know where else you'd find that information. I'm able to go to a human being and ask a hard question and say like, I don't understand this. And you're someone who does. And it's not like that's a weird thing to do. That's like a, it's a vulnerable thing to do for both of us, for him to answer and for me to ask. Um, But it's a way that I can, I can learn. Um, And then the other thing that I would attribute to most is just like, yeah, some of those, some of the ancient practices that are super cliche and everyone's like, my grandma tells me to, to read my Bible and say my prayers those things are, are real. Like yeah. those things actually work. And so, um, I don't think there's enough young people telling others to do those things, but to be a disciple, you have to be disciplined. Yeah. And so I tell young men all the time, like if you want freedom from sexual desires, which I still experience, it's not like that goes away. Right. And let's be clear that we're all for it. <laughs> Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Um, But if you want maybe freedom from uh, a sexual desire that seems like it's like bonding, you know, that like enslaves you. Mastering you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a great word, mastering you. Mm -hmm. If you want that, then you need a new master. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what you're describing. So you're saying that the discipline of prayer and scripture it's not that it it's like oh you know take it out of me no it informs you yeah and spirit and I would god go past that and say like i think things like fasting and sabbath are important to that too um i think prayer and bible reading are a great place to start but it goes a lot further and deeper than that which is really scary for some people mm-hmm. but it's really encouraging to me to know that like there are thousands of of years hundreds of generations of people who have come before Mm -hmm. me who have not mastered these practices and i'm not going to master them either but i can learn them in the ways that yeah that's right that's right i was about your age when i started uh fasting once a week and uh going away for prayer retreats for 24 hours i was 23 are you 23 i'm 22 22 okay 
So I do, it's unusual for someone your age to, do you see your peers doing this, by the way? Uh, not often. Okay. Okay. So that brings back to the, what, the need for the mentors. Need for the mentors is huge. Okay. Um, and then I think it's really good too, to like, once you find yourself in a place that you're satisfied, I'm just going to mm. stick with that word. Okay. Uh, like once you feel whole and aware of your needs, mm-hmm. go care for people who are younger than you too. Nice. Drake, like let's think- go back. Let's go back. What do, how do we define satisfaction? What is that? What does that look like, feel like, sound like for you? I think that oftentimes like silence is the closest thing to God. Hmm. And so if you can sit in silence or sit in prayer and not feel like you have to pray anything, but Hmm. you're just in the presence of God and that is a satisfying thing to you, like you feel more whole because of that. Amen. Then I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's when you've kind of made it, you know? And sometimes you have to go to a very broken place. Like that's, I, I hear that when what you're sharing, I think that's part of my story. Sometimes you have to be at a very broken place to say, I'm in need enough to show up to this thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to stick with it long enough that it becomes the only thing that's important to me. Okay. That's when satisfaction comes. I think, I think that's when satisfaction comes is when your only desire is to honor Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, um, Romans 14, seven, talks about like no man lives for himself. Each mm-hmm. man has something that he lives for. Mm-hmm. But it so, also feels like you're describing healing. You're describing wholeness, holiness. You're describing, uh, yeah, wholeness. Are they not the same thing? I think they are. I think they are. I think they are. And so going back to you talking about the people who are hurting so desperately and trying to get healed. You know, it's like, heal me, Yeah. you know, touch my body and heal me. I mean, that's in a way it's what they're saying and what your experience is, has taught you and what you're telling the listeners is actually that's not the path to healing. Yeah. And I think too, um, like a word that I would like to say is I feel really blessed in that I've been guided into this kind of path of mm-hmm. biblical sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not the case for everybody listening to this or people around me. And this is what I would say is like, there are a lot of parables that talk about like, if, if you owed a hundred, if a, if a slave owner had two slaves and one owed a hundred dollars and one owed a million dollars and he forgave both of their debts, which would be more grateful. Mm-hmm. And the obvious answer is the one who owed a million dollars. And Jesus says that when he's sitting in a room of religious leaders and a prostitute who's washing his feet with perfume in her hair. Mm-hmm. So I, I say that to say, if you're in a place of struggling with sexuality, healing from that actually makes you more capable to be gratitude grateful Mm -hmm. and maybe more able to be connected to God than someone who hasn't struggled with that. And that's the gospel. And that's 
we serve a redeeming God. Yes. Amen. That's exactly right. You just defined the gospel. It's not anything you can do. And you but, may actually be in a better position because of your brokenness. That's and right. So that's a really good thing. It says that God is closest to those who are broken and of contrite of heart. So yeah. I agree. And I appreciate so much you saying that because many people feel they've been damaged or like they can't recover from that. And that's not at all what the message of the scriptures are. That's not, not the Christ we serve. King yeah. Jesus says, you know, come and I will give you rest. So Drake, I so want to continue this conversation, but we have actually, we have talked further than I even expected us to go. But before we end this, um, I like that you said that word, but is, is there anything else that you would say, uh, first of all, to a young woman who would like to be in a dating relationship with a guy, what would you say to her um, as a young man? What's, what, would, what advice would you give her? Because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of young women I know go on to dating sites. What would you say? The only thing that comes to mind is that, like, you're valuable, you know, and just remember that. I don't think I, don't think I have that experience, so I don't want to speak to it. Um, but that's the one thing I can tell people is that you're valuable. Okay. And then what about to your peers, your young men peers? Yeah. What's the advice no. you want to give them? Now I, you can speak. <laughs> I can speak to that one more. Um, okay. I'd start off again by saying you're valuable. Okay. I think guys need to hear that. I think guys need to hear that they're beautiful and honorable and strong. Um, and I also think that guys need to hear that, like, it's okay to be tender. And that's a good thing. Um, and there are a lot of voices in the world speaking against you. And so if you want to be satisfied, you need to find some, some voices that are speaking the things that are difficult to hear. But you'll know when you, when you find that, when you find someone who's speaking true things that are difficult to hear. Hmm. The voices. Yeah. Discerning the voices. Yeah. It's excellent. Well, Drake, I, I'm going to be praying for you as you enter into this new season of your life as an employee and as a servant of God right there up in Bremerton. But thank you so much for being with us and for opening your heart and mind and life to my listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. We'll be in touch because we're going to want to hear from you again. Sounds good.